For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 219. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Today, we're talking to Paula Silva, who is an expert on domestic violence. She is a nationally known leader on this topic. And I'm just excited to welcome her. But first, I want to thank Home Instead. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. So we are so grateful, Paula, that you're with us today. Thank you for joining me. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. I appreciate your liveliness really uh, thrills my soul, and it's so important to get the message out. Well, I think you're doing such a brave thing, and, and you're doing it so well, and you've been doing it a long time. So because of that, I I, I shared your – well, I couldn't even share all of it. Your bio is very extensive. And so for people who are listening in, if you want to hear more from Paula – she shared her personal story, and boy, she did not hold back. If you are in a situation and you wonder if it's abusive, you are going to love what she shared because she was so specific about her own experience. And I think I'm going to call that podcast Domestic Violence in the Church uh, with Paula Silva, Her Story. So look for that. I think it will encourage you very much if you or somebody you love, if you're wondering what's going on there, her insight and her personal story will probably help you diagnose if you need to step in. And with that in mind, Paula, um, David and I and our kids, we've had several friends that we found out kind of after. I mean, sometimes we found out while it was happening and sometimes we found out afterwards that they had suffered and we didn't know about it at first. And so we're sitting in the pews next to people we love, and then it turns out they're experiencing domestic violence. And that's happened across the board, across all, uh, you know, I say makes and models, but all ethnic, socioeconomic backgrounds, everything. And it's happening in the church. So how can the church, there's got to be better ways to help people. I, I feel very inexperienced and ill-equipped, so help me. What can I do? Well, um, before I forget, I think it's important on our website, we have two articles that would be really be helpful for anybody. One is called Becoming an Anchor in the Storm, Ooh. and the other one, 12 Principles for Being an Anchor in the Storm. Okay. Um, that's what you need to do. You need to be an anchor. So if you think of the concept of anchor, an anchor is made of strongest steel, and it 
stands corrosive elements. Mm. It is grounded and unwavering against the strain of the tide. So you're mm. going to help ground these these women. It stabilizes the ship but doesn't control it. Mm. And it mm. does not rescue the ship and doesn't cut the line. Mm. So think mm. of think of those concepts of being an anchor. So one of the first things that you can do when you begin to, if somebody comes to you and starts telling their story or starts telling something that's going on that you could consider an abusive believer, mm-hmm. it's so important. But yeah. before that is you need to educate yourself about domestic violence. There's so much that you need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have a we have in East Texas we have a wonderful crisis center. I love to send people there, and I have often because they find a really nice balance. They don't necessarily put you in a box. They help you figure out and diagnose where you might fit into the scheme of things, so that you get the help that's really fits you. That's excellent because yeah. you you don't want to tell somebody, but you want them to begin to discover so that it it becomes a part of them, not an external uh, force or something. Yeah. A light bulb goes on in them, and that makes a difference. Yeah, and and I think there's, uh, you know, sometimes you can catch this early enough that perhaps if if you have boundaries early in the relationship, it at least will diagnose if there is hope for that relationship or if your best hope is to end the relationship. Am I right about that? That, I'm sorry? It takes a lot of work to try to figure that out, but that's true. I think that Um, must be I guess what you need to think about is don't go into educating or uh, having someone to realize what they're in to get them to um, reconcile a relationship. Yeah. You go right. into it, is this person in an abusive relationship? How can I help? Either in that relationship, are they safe? I think that's the most important question. Don't you? Am I wrong? Doesn't that seem like the most important question? Are you safe? Right. And it's interesting as you go into hospitals now, if you're going to, as a patient, they start asking questions. Do you feel safe in your relationship? Mm. I find that so interesting. Um, But usually what I try to do to get the woman to understand what they're in I won't even call it abuse. I begin to ask what I call assessment questions. Mm -hmm. Like uh, when the two of you argue or have a fight, what happens? Mm. Wow. How do you you feel after an argument? Mm. Are there times when you do not feel safe in your relationship? Mm. And I build on it. Eventually, I do call it abuse. And 
I asked them at that point, have you ever been hit, strangled, pushed, shoved, holes punched in walls? So I'm getting more to the physical element. Mm-hmm. And then I asked them, are there any weapons in the home? Mm. And in Texas, the answer is always yes. Mm-hmm. And that scares me. Mm-hmm. Because that's a very dangerous situation. Mm. It takes nothing to pick up a gun and shoot it. Mm. Is that a very common thing for women? Well, you, I think I read on your website that 30% of all deaths oh i want to get this right i have it written down here somewhere 30 percent of all deaths of 30 okay i'm gonna read it right off here over 30 percent some estimate over 50 percent of all murders of women in america are committed by intimate partners absolutely that's one of the facts more and more in the news not only would the partner kill his spouse or somebody he's intimate with, but he'll also kill the children, and then he'll kill himself. Mm, mm. It's really tragic. Well, um, oh, it's so scary, and I think for me the worst thing is knowing it could be happening to somebody I care about at church and I wouldn't know, because I wouldn't know what to look for. Or wouldn't know how to help and would therefore, I liked your example of the anchor because we don't try to control the situation, but we provide enough of a rope so they have a lifeline, you know, to me, that's important to be that, to be an anchor that provides a, some kind of uh, steadying influence and confidence in a woman. So tell me a little bit more about how we can be that kind of friend to our friends, say, at church. Well, after you've educated yourself, you kind of watch for signs. And what you can do is if the friend um, tells you something that's going on or a story or about their situation, is really to listen carefully and then ask them, well, how did you feel about that? Mm. Oftentimes in domestic violence, we shut down our feelings. Wow. Mechanism. Mm-hmm. So if you get them in touch with their feelings, it's like a light bulb will go on, and it's like, okay, I really need to look at this. What I termed myself over time is I became a non-person. No right to to feelings, no right to opinions, no right to anything. Mm. And it was Mm. awful. And it became even part of my physical uh, well-being, part of my posture. I would uh, stoop down. I couldn't look at people in the eye because I was afraid they'd find out. Wow. Oh, that just breaks your heart, doesn't it? You're such a you're such an amazing woman, Paula. It's hard for me to even picture that. But I have known friends who've gone through that where they just withdrew to the point that I began to worry what's going on and it kind of triggered a red flag for me. Oh, absolutely. And that's a good thing to watch for those things. What I noticed is I would go back and look at the moody 
movies or videos of family functions. Yeah. And I would see over time how depressed I was getting, how I slumped over, how I would isolate myself from activities. It was amazing. I just stood back. I said, I didn't realize that that was happening. Fireside Talk Radio. So stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, I get so excited and engaged in these conversations because this is a topic that I really care about and have wanted great answers, which we're getting from our, our friend Paula Silva today, a new person in my life, and I'm so grateful for her. We're talking about better ways to help our sisters when we see them suffering at church and how we even notice when somebody we care about may seem more withdrawn. Now, before we get back into this conversation, Paula, I want to make sure people can find you. They can look for You can look for Paula Silva at Focus Ministries 1. That's the numeral one dot org. And then while I'm thinking about hyperlinks, I mentioned the crisis center here. We have in in East Texas called the East Texas Crisis Center. 
and their call number or, or H, whatever you call that, the hyperlink for them is ETCC. So that's for East Texas Crisis Center, ETCC.org. I'll put all those hyperlinks in a in a blog, and you can find that at KathyCraffy.com, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. And on at Camp Craffy, what we're trying to do is get great information out there from people who we think are heroic, victorious people who are so courageous they're willing to, to share their own personal stories, oftentimes at a sacrifice to themselves because, you know, they're they're exposing traumatic experiences they went through and giving God the glory. And Paula, you fit that that description so well. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, I'm nothing without God, without Christ in my life. And he has helped me through so much and never abandoned me. It's so beautiful to hear you describe it. It just, some of the stuff on your website made me cry when I read it. It was it, it applies to anyone. I, I, it's not. I mean, the stuff that you write has got so much richness to it. Anyway, I wanted to. I wanted to ask you about the difference between extroverts and introverts. If I'm a woman and I'm in this situation, uh, you know, some of my introvert friends are so. How do I describe this? They're so tender-hearted and kind that maybe I wouldn't notice if they were more withdrawn. I would just think, well, they're processing because they process internally. So do you find there's a difference? Like, is it harder to diagnose with somebody who's more introverted? Or do you find that extroverts hide it better? How does that work? I think both hide it. Um, You have to realize there's a lot of shame around this. And especially in the church, you know, we mm-hmm. oftentimes put on a mask just so people don't know exactly what we're dealing with. And to admit that you're in a marriage that's abusive is horrifying within the church. And then to be expected if somebody finds it out that, oh, it must be your fault because you're not... Mm-hmm reading scripture, you're not abiding by being submissive, you're not praying hard enough. Don't you trust God that he's going to fix this? Wow. Well, okay, so Paula, I get where people are coming from with those ideas, but what I, my heart goes, wait a minute, God cares about each individual person, and that woman who's suffering in her marriage, as many people who listen to me will know, Dave and I really struggled at points in our marriage. And we started talking about divorce. And and I just become very vocal about it because what I found when I shared my story is other women had been through that too, and then they didn't tell anyone. So they weren't there to help me when I needed help. So Dave and I just decided we would share our stuff. And we've got books coming out about that topic so that other people will know, okay, I'm not alone. This is a common struggle in in some marriages. But but abuse, to me, I'm like, okay, if if God cares about that individual woman, how dare the church leaders or any church friends act like she doesn't deserve to be safe and cared for? I, I don't get that. What happens in the church is they become 
more concerned about the marriage than they do about the individual. Like the marriage almost becomes uh, an idol. And you have to keep that no matter what happens to the person. Well, I love the way you explain it because we know God cares. He deals with us individually. So we know, we know he cares about the individual. He cares. If you're listening and this topic is resonating with you because you wonder about your own marriage, I want to assure you, you are valuable and worthy because God made you and he cares about you as an individual. So thank you, Paula, for for making that so clear. I cannot wait. I always listen to these a second time and I make notes and I love that. What you just said, I'm going to use that as a quote in something I write in the future. (laughs) Thank you. Christ came to save people, not marriages. And, and the marriage becoming an idol in the church to the point that we would sacrifice an individual safety and well-being, the beautiful child of God that, God was protected. That's amazing to me that it happens, but I sure know it does. Oh, absolutely. And it's really something that the church can change if they would really see it and value the individual. Well, I know that you speak to churches because I know there's a few listed, just a couple on your blog, but I I happen to know that you've done a lot more teaching than what is even listed on your blog. So you might want to update your website on all your credentials. (laughs) Not really. I mean, there's so many. It's it's such a long list. You really don't need to. But you are available. If somebody is listening and they want to make this a topic at church, I love to give people tools to do that. So I do want to emphasize that if you want to call Paula and set, I don't know, are there other people in your ministry that can come and speak if you're already booked? Uh, We do have uh, a couple individuals that can do that. Good. Uh, But we also offer training and People can come to us and we will turn. Ah. Well, if you're listening and you want to start this as a topic at church and it's a tough topic, I mean, there is some resistance to this. And so if you want to get that conversation happening at your church, I, I really encourage you to go to Focus Ministries website and see what tools are available there. And, and don't hesitate to call Paula. I mean, I had a very dear friend who connected us. Oh, I'm just feeling very blessed. But I will tell you, she's just been so responsive and open. So uh, if you're thinking about contacting her, I, I hope you will go straight ahead and do that. Don't be intimidated or worried. You should just call her. She would love to hear from you. Um, is that right? Am I right, Paula? Oh, absolutely. And also for the person, the victim or survivor that's going through this or has gone through it, we do counsel by phone. Oh. or by email so they can get a hold of us. We don't charge for any of that. Wow. And one thing that's going to come out of this coronavirus is we're going to see more and more things available online that previously weren't. So you're just ahead of the curve there. You're already doing that. Well, our whole thing was if there was nothing for me or for other women at the time from a faith perspective. So we try to put as much information on our website. So whether they contact us or not, they still get the information. So it's under our resources. Um, And then 
articles. They get a lot of information that's free. I love that. And there's some great diagnostic tools there, I noticed, uh, so that if you're wondering how you, are, you know, how some of this information might apply in your specific marriage, there's whole lists of diagnostic questions and, and tips, like lists of diagnostic symptomatic things that you can kind of check off your list to answer your own questions about what you might be experiencing and how severe it is and what kind of action you may need to take to make sure you are safe. And that's what we want for you. We, we want these beautiful sisters in Christ to be safe. Um, oh, Paula, have I forgotten? Is there any big, you know, we kind of got cut off suddenly at that last half and I don't want to, in case this ends suddenly, I want to make sure, is there anything else that I should have asked you that you're just wanting to share while you have a chance? I beg the churches to get educated and to learn how to appropriately handle this area of domestic violence because I would say there's one in three women in their church that are experiencing this. Wow. And that women really want to go to the church and get support. Wow. And there's nothing like condemnation and judgment to make you feel like, why did I bother to come today? That's not what we're looking for at church. That's correct. So when love and understand. So you're suggesting earlier in this broadcast, you suggested asking really great questions like, how did you feel about that? And then affirming the person's response so they know they can trust their own gut. You are correct. And, and women, uh, on average, leave a marriage like this six or seven times. Ooh. And after, t after a while, people that are trying to support and help give up on the person, they walk away. Please wow. don't do that. Just okay. it out. Persevere. So we have, we have less than two minutes left. And so I want to emphasize what you just said, because that's a big symptom. If you have a friend who's already left, you know, struggled, like left the marriage for a few days, come back, talked about leaving the marriage, that might be a very clear hint that it's time to really support her and ask very tender, gentle question so that she can diagnose for herself what she wants to do. That's correct. Our, we don't give advice. We suggest we get them to see and to come up with their own options. Paula, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has just been a great conversation. I, I cannot wait to listen to these two podcasts again and put them into a blog. Thank you so much. You've been listening to KathyCraffy.com, Fireside Talk Radio, and you spell Craffy K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward, and I will put all of Paula's wisdom and, and advice and all her hyperlinks in a blog for you. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week. Oh, Got in.